0: San Francisco, 2005. It's murder, for sure, I told my former partner, Lieutenant J. Alsop, as he hauled his aging carcass around the scene of the crime. His thin, hound dog face, with its permanent five o'clock shadow, matched his off the rack detective issue suit. On the other hand, as a woman in this man's world, I took care to keep my look crisp and professional. Pants and a blazer tailored to hide the hardware I carried, hugged my slim figure, and my dark straight hair was cut in a collar-length bob to hide the bomb scars on the right side of my face. I wish I could disagree, sweetheart, Alsop replied with a half-hearted Bogart imitation. He lifted the thin blanket covering the dead junkie's face to reveal a large syringe jammed to the hilt under her chin. I watched as he examined the blonde woman's stiff arms, which showed old, healed needle-track scars, and noticed she dressed for comfort, old sweatpants and a T-shirt. Of course you'd like to disagree, I replied. You still can't get over me leaving the force and setting up my own P.I. agency. You envy me. Only the money you took from the taxpayers, he said with evident contempt. Our relationship had been wrecked when I'd won a cool mill, suing the department and the city, but that's a story for another time. Get over it, I said, suppressing my urge to justify my actions. What room you want? Kitchen, Alsop said. you get the bathroom. Thanks a lot, I said, but didn't protest. It was his crime scene, Former cop or not, technically, I was just the citizen who found the body. Slipping on a latex glove, I entered the tiny, dirty space. A whirlwind of mess greeted me, but not the grime and disorder of a life lived on the edge. A bottle of cheap shampoo lay on the floor, cracked as if from a fall off the shower caddy. A roll of paper had fallen into the open toilet, turning into a loose mass of soaked pulp. Several other items had been knocked over willy-nilly, but underlying it all, the bathroom had been clean. There was a struggle in here, I called. Alsop grunted acknowledgement. Even so, a rankness oozed from the bathroom, a musky animal odor. I could see a recently used litter box tucked behind the toilet, as well as a double food and water bowl combo among the detritus. You see a cat? I called. Nope, but there's half a bag of dry store-brand food out here, Alsop replied. I examined the window, a screenless opening one-foot square that no adult could fit through. Stuck shut, it barely budged when I tugged at it repeatedly. The Vic had an indoor cat. There's poop in the litter box and water in the bowl, an unfixed tom by the spray smell. Where is it, then? I shrugged. That's what I want to know. We sure he's not hiding somewhere? I swept my eyes around the studio all in one, searching for anywhere that could hold a cat. A new widescreen TV sat on a nice stand, and the refrigerator had been replaced recently as well, looking out of place. You looked in all the cabinets? Yeah. I walked over to the food bag to rustle it deliberately. When I did that around my own cat, Snowflake, he came running. This time, no result. Plenty of good food in the fridge, Alsop said after my cat location attempt failed. Not really in keeping for a junkie in the tenderloin. He turned to me. Why were you here again? Following a lead on a missing persons case. A runaway, that's all. I got a first name, Corrine, and this address. Well, she's not missing anymore. The Vic isn't the runaway. She was someone who might know where my missing girl is. The father's my client. I'll need that info. I stared at Alsop. Only if it seems relevant. I have no evidence the murder is related. A visit from the police won't help his state of mind. If you want to know what CSU finds out here, you'll cough up. I turned away. Like I said, only if it's relevant. I took my obligations to a client seriously.